us pray. Fathers, we come now to open Your Word. May we see how all men who seek You, how they will be glad and will have their joy in You. Lord God, we pray and ask that our Savior would come, that we would see our need of Christ this day, that we would see how in us there is still that the desire to worship others and to be disobedient to Your Word. God, bless the reading, hearing, and preaching of Your Word this day for the sake of Christ. We pray in His name. Amen. If you're able to remain standing, please remain standing. Take your copies of God's Word and turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 13. First Kings 13, we'll begin at verse 11, we'll read it this morning to the end of the chapter. Verse 34, hear now the word of God, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is God speaking to us, so let us pay close attention. Now an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told to their father the words that he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, which way did he go? And his son showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone. And he said to his son, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he mounted it. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, you shall neither eat bread nor drink water there nor return by the way that you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you into your house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah. Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord... And have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but you have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after he had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And as he went away, a a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road, and the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body. And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown in the road, and the lion standing by the body. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard of it, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion which has torn him and killed him according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. 
And he said to his son, saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found his body thrown in the road and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body or torn the donkey. And the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave. And they mourned over him saying, Alas, my brother. And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. After this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil but made priests for the high places again from among all the people. And any, any who would, he ordained to be priests of the high places. And this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut it off and to destroy it from the face of the earth. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday morning, we finished up with 1 Kings 12 and entered into the first part of chapter 13. And we saw and heard of Jeremiah's or Jeroboam's idolatry and judgment. We saw Jeroboam instituting a, a new Jerusalem and, and giving the people new gods to worship. He constructed a new religion. And so a man of God from Judah came and he prophesied against Jeroboam. He said the very altar that Jeroboam was worshiping on would be torn down and destroyed. Jeroboam did not like to hear that and he wanted to have the old man arrested or the prophet arrested and when he reached out his hand, his hand became shriveled up and he cried out to God for mercy or at least to God through the prophet. And God was merciful to Jeroboam and restored his hand. And we saw at the end that Jeroboam tried to get the prophet of Judah to come back and eat and drink with him. He was trying to buy God. And that prophet from Judah would not do that. And so he went another way and did not return by the way that he had came to Bethel. And the reason for that was that God told him he was not to eat or drink or stay there for any period of time. And so this morning we hear again of this man of God and, and we come to one of the, the strangest accounts in all of the Bible. We have the brave prophet from Judah who had obeyed the command of the Lord and then he turns right around and disobeys that same command. We have another old prophet from Bethel who tells a lie and then later tells the truth. We have a lion that kills the prophet from Judah but refuses to eat him. And doesn't even eat the donkey that the prophet from Judah was on. Instead, the lion just waited for a man to come and to bury him. And at the end of this account, we have a man asking to be buried with the bones of another man. Another man that he destroyed with a lie. 
As all this is quite confusing to us, there are many questions that are hard to answer, including the fundamental questions of fairness. But this account is also troubling because it's hard to tell who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Who are the guys that we are to emulate and who are the ones that we are to stay away from? We see that that the men of God who tell the truth and turn out to be liars and lawbreakers. And so as we have that before us, we we understand that according to this chapter, our only hope is in the, the true word of God. And in the saving power of God to raise the dead. And so there there are three things I want us to notice here this morning from our text. And the first is temptation. Now go back to verse 9 of of this chapter. We read that last week. But the, the prophet from Judah said that he was commanded, for so was it commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, you shall neither eat bread nor drink water nor return by the way that you came. Again, Jeroboam had asked the the man of God to stay with him to try and manipulate God. But the man of God would not do so. He would not stay with the king of Israel. And so he departs. But this time, the temptation did not come from an ungodly king. It came from a prophet. We find that this old prophet that lived in Bethel, his sons came and told him all that the man of God from Judah had told Jeroboam. So their father asked, which way did he go? And they showed him the way and he told them, saddle a donkey for me. And they do that and he goes out and he finds that faithful man of God, that faithful prophet sitting under an oak. Now, we don't know why this old prophet from Bethel wanted to see this man. Maybe he wanted to inquire of him concerning the prophecy that he had given to to Jeroboam. But presumably the the old prophet's son told him all that the man of Judah did. And especially he was not permitted to eat or drink in the northern kingdom. And so in verse 15, he says, come home with me and eat bread. And so at first, the man of God is, is resolute. He tells him in verse 16, I, I may not return with you or go in with you, neither will I eat bread or drink water from you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord that he was not to eat bread, he was not to drink water, he was not to return the same way that he came. And so then the old prophet from Bethel said, I of a prophet. I also have a word from the Lord. He would not take no for an answer. And the word that he said he had from the Lord was this. Bring him back with you and into your house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. And we don't know the reason why this prophet lied. We don't know why he said he had a word from the Lord, but but some people are are very impressed by this kind of claim. Even today, there are many who are impressed when a 
a so-called preacher stands up and says, I have a word from the Lord, but it's not found in Scripture. There is no word from the Lord that we do not find in the Word of God. There is no new revelation given to us today. And and this prophet in particular was lying. And and the, the, the prophet from Judah, he should have known that because what the old prophet from Bethel was telling him directly contradicted the Word of God. It directly contradicted what God had said to the prophets from Judah. And so in verse 19, we read that he goes back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. And so second of all, we then see and hear of judgment and burial. We hear the judgment in verses 20 through 26 as as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. Now this time he wasn't lying. See the confusion? The confusion? This time he actually had the word of the Lord. He cried to the man who came, uh, the man of God who came from Judah, thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place in which he said to you, eat no bread and drink no water, your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. Now this was judgment, but it was not a declaration of final judgment. The prophet from Judah was not condemned by God to perdition, but it was a a prophecy of dishonor. He would not be buried back in Judah. He would be buried in, in the pagan northern ten tribes. He would not be buried with his fathers. He would be buried with strangers. He would not make it back to Judah alive. He would not be buried with his own people. And so as we have seen many times in 1 and 2 Samuel and in 1 Kings, whenever God gives a promise, he keeps it. And so after they had eaten, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back, and he went away. And what happened? And this is where the story gets strange, isn't it? A lion comes out from nowhere and he kills this man. And he leaves this man laying in the road. He does not eat the body. He does not even eat the donkey that this man rode upon. And we find a donkey standing beside the body and beside the lion. And the lion stood beside the body of the man he killed. And men passed by And they saw this and they noticed that that is quite strange. Usually lions do what to their prey? They consume them. And if there's more prey and they're still hungry, they will get that and consume it as well. But here is this lion almost protecting the body. Now how could that be? Well, as one commentator stated this lion was on the leash of Jehovah. 
God is the one that calls that lion to kill the prophet, but do no more. And, and so people, they saw this and how strange it was. And obviously, when you see something that strange and you go back into town, what are you going to do? You're going to tell people. Did you see the lion beside the donkey, beside the dead body that lion killed on the way into town? And so this got word back to that old prophet in Bethel. Now this man of God, he died for what? He died because he disobeyed the word of God. And was given to the lion as a result. The man of God suffered lethal consequences in the fulfillment of the word of God. And so the, the old prophet hears it and he says, saddle the donkey. And they saddle it and he goes out and he finds exactly what people had been saying. He found the, the, the man of God's body thrown in the road the donkey and the lion standing beside the body and the lion not eating the man nor the donkey. The lion standing guard, waiting. Waiting for this old prophet to come. And so what does this old prophet do? Well, he, he takes the body of that man of God and he buries it. Why? He has compassion on the man of God. Now that sounds strange, doesn't it? Because it was his lie that got him in the predicament to begin with. It, it was his lie that he told that the man of God believed coming from God himself that calls this man of God to be killed by the lion. Why would he now have compassion? Well, because they were, they were brothers. They were both prophets. This old prophet from Bethel, he knew that it was his duty to give this other man of God, this other prophet, uh, a decent burial. After all, he was him who told this man of God, you will not be buried with your people. You will not make it back to Judah alive. And so he takes this man of God. They, they mourn this man of God. Alas, my brother, and they bury him. And then the story gets... Even stranger. Uh, because the prophet from Bethel, whose fault it was that the man of God was dead, he's still tracking along, you're still following, tells his sons, I want to be buried where he's buried. I want my bone to be buried with his. My body lay beside his bones. And why? Well, verse 32 tells us. For the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. Now why, while this old prophet from Bethel was a liar, he now has spoken the truth two times. Though the man of God died for his disobedience, his prophecy would still Come true, and judgment was coming against King Jeroboam. Judgment was coming for his false worship and all the false worship that he had instituted in Israel. And when that judgment came, what was going to happen? Bethel was going to be destroyed, the graves would be desecrated. When the high place was torn down, human bones would be burned on this altar. The bones of the people who had worshipped Jeroboam's golden calf. 
And this old prophet from Bethel believed that. And he did not want his bones to be burned on that altar. And so he says, bury me with the man of God. He wanted to rest in peace. So why would that be? For he had the hope of eternal life. He was asked to be buried right next to the man of God in the very same tomb. He was hoping to find safety with the bones of a true prophet. And so as this chapter closes, it gives us an insight on what we're, we will see throughout the rest of First and Second Kings. And that is this, two kingdoms. Now we have seen here this morning, there are two prophets in the story. One from each kingdom. One from Bethel in the north, one from Judah in the south. And the actions of these two prophets represent the history of their two nations. The man of God, he came from Judah. Why? To rebuke Jeroboam. To tell him of, of the idolatry, the sin that Jeroboam, the king of Israel, was guilty for, for his ungodly worship. He came as a witness from Judah against Israel. And what we're going to see is that in the same way, the kingdom of Judah was a witness against Israel. Now, eventually, both will suffer the same fate by two different countries or kingdoms. Israel will be taken captive by Assyria, and then sometime later, Judah in the south by, by Babylon. But, but what we'll see is that there will be those in Judah, the southern kingdom, that remain faithful, as they will be in the north, but even more so in the south, more godly kings than you have in the north, more godly prophets than you have in the north, because Judah is still what? The tribe of David. And God protects that tribe. From Judah, the true and rightful king will come. And so Judah stood as a witness against Israel, but also to Israel as the true way of salvation. And as a rebuke for their false worship. And so as strange as this story is to us, as strange as it may seem, it was intended to serve as a warning. It was a warning to the people of Judah. You'd think it would be a warning to the people of Israel, but no, to the people of Judah. And it says this, do not be deceived. Israel's, false, Israel's worship is false. And if you turn away from God's calling, you too will perish. Now, as we hear all of that, you would think, well, maybe Jeroboam came to his senses. No doubt he got word what happened to the man of God. But we find Jeroboam did not come to his senses. He did not heed God's warning. And it is clear from the last two verses of our text. After this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but made even more priests for the high places. And he would just probably go out in the street. Oh, you look like a good priest. Come, be my priest. 
He ordained these men to be priests of the high places, and this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut it off and to destroy it from the face of the earth. Jeroboam did not turn back to God, but returned to his own evil way. In other words, he did not repent of his idolatry. He doubled down. Yes, he heard what the man of God had said. But he built more altars. He probably crafted more gods to be worshipped. Ordained more priests without any calling from God or qualifications to serve. And because of this, God is going to cut off Jeroboam and his family from the face of the earth. Now, what application can we make here this morning? Well, first of all, these things have been written for us as the people of God as a warning against false worship. And it is a a call to repentance and as testimony to the truth of God's saving word. There are many this morning who may call themselves Christians, but they might not be in the worship of God because they might be busy worshiping pagan deities. It should serve as a warning to us as God's people that we would have nothing to do with such. And so we are called to forsake our idols, to forsake our false worship and turn and worship the one true and living God. Again, we, we are prone to make idols. We are prone to take good things that God has given to us, make that into an idol, bow down and worship it and say, this is our God. But as God's people, we are to be worshiping the God who has saved us and the God who has redeemed us. Second, we see that every man proves false to the word of God. Every one of these men was false. But the word of God was still true, even when it came from the lips of a known liar. The old prophet lied, but then he told the truth. And God used him to speak that truth. This chapter is full of the word of God. It is full of God speaking to people. Commanding prophesying, giving people His Word. In each and every case, what happens with that Word? It comes true. The altar of Bethel would one day be destroyed. The man of God would never go home to his fathers. And Jeroboam's dynasty would end. And so while every man is a liar, God speaks the truth. God always speaks the truth, for He is truth. There is no unrighteousness or ungodly way found in the God whom we worship. He is true, and everything He promises, and in everything He says, both the good and the bad. And we see that this morning. And then finally, while we have the story of two prophets this morning, 
One who lied and then told the truth. One who obeyed God and then disobeyed God. We have the perfect prophet in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has fulfilled the three offices that we see in the Old Testament. Prophet, priest, and king. And he is that perfect prophet who was never false, who always said what was true even unto death. And what did Christ do? He came speaking the truth of God. We're seeing that on Sunday nights in the Gospel of John. And when he speaks the truth of God, what are we seeing now in the Gospel of John? We are seeing more and more hatred against the Lord that will ultimately lead to his death. Jesus came speaking the truth. And He tells us what? That we are to come to Him in faith and repentance. And if we do this, we will have spiritual life. We'll be uh, brought up from that spiritual grave and given new life in Him. And we will one day... Be raised from the dead, even if there are in our graves bones. Will be raised when he comes in glory. And so everyone who is buried with Christ, spiritually speaking, will also be what? Raised with Christ from the dead and live with him forever. And that is the true Word of God. That's what we are to believe this morning. But do you look to that true prophet that was sent from God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came speaking the true words of God, for He is God come in the flesh and points us as Judah of old pointed Israel of old to to the true way of salvation that is found in that true prophet. Not only the true prophet of Judah, but the true king of Judah and the true priest of Judah and that is Jesus have you trusted in him have you looked to him for your salvation if not then do so this morning do not be cut off and destroyed from the face of the earth because of your idolatry because of your unbelief But repent of your idolatry, repent of your false worship, and come to Christ. The only way to God is through Him. And may God give us the grace that we need to do just that. Let us pray. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word, even though it it is strange. It is a strange account and story before us. We thank You that You give us Understanding, We pray for that understanding. Oh God, we thank You that You sent Your Son, the Lord Jesus, who is Your perfect prophet, Your perfect priest, Your perfect King, to do Your will. Oh God, help us all to repent of our idolatry and false worship, to turn from our idols and to turn to Christ. And I pray for any here this morning that has not done that, that they have not turned to Christ, that you would reveal their own idolatry and sin and show them their need of Jesus as Lord and Savior and call them by your Holy Spirit.
to come to Christ and to have life and to know that one day they will be raised to live forever for He who is our perfect prophet, priest, and king. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.